Turn to uh, the Gospel of Mark here tonight. The Holy Ghost is going to continue to speak to us. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. You know, the outstanding feature of the New Covenant is that universal invitation into the intimate knowledge of God, to know God, to walk with Him, amen, to have the revelation of God. There is nothing more precious in all of the universe. As it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them, that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The deep things of God, amen, are offered to us. Amen, we are invited to know God and the deep things of God via partaking of his divine nature by his spirit. And it's, it's humbling when we begin to ponder the magnitude and the spiritual responsibility of such a prospect. Amen. To stand before God on the day of judgment and to, to know that we have been given that opportunity, that invitation to know God. Amen. And we squandered that. I mean, what a terrible, terrible thought. When you begin to consider that, that through the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, through his suffering, through his atoning work, we have been afforded the privilege to intimately know God and to squander, amen, or to ignore, amen, to, 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 to neglect such an opportunity is indeed catastrophic. Again, prayer is the foundation of our relationship with God. It needs to be settled amongst us. Amen. If I don't pray, I don't really know God. If I don't pray or pray very little, then I do not really know God. And then what is prayer? Prayer is not merely attending a prayer meeting. Prayer is not uttering words. Prayer is not meditating only. Uh, prayer is lifting the soul, communing, touching God, being one with union, knowing something that you will be aware of and cognizant of that you have been in fellowship with God Almighty. We may admire Jesus from a spiritual distance, but we cannot truly know him but by the means of an intimate life of prayer. And the repercussions for such a failure are devastating indeed. Reading tonight in Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, starting in verse 26. And we'll read down through verse 42, and then we'll read verses 46 and 50. Mark 14 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this day, even this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to the place, to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee, Take away this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Considerest not thou watch one hour? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit 
is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words, and when he returned he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh a third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest, it is enough. The hour is come, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go, lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Now look at verse 46. And they laid their hands on him, speaking of Jesus, and took him. And then look at verse 50. And they all, speaking of the disciples, forsook him and fled. Amen. A spiritual warning of the gravest magnitude, the consequences of a prayerless life. Father, we love you, Lord God. We come into your presence here, this assembly. We need to hear your word, Father. We need to hear your mind. Speak to us, Father, and give us ears to hear what you are saying to us in this hour. I do pray, Lord, that we would be stirred as a body, Lord, to pray, to seek your face, that we would be willing to be challenged, Lord God. Oh, Father, you could define prayer. and Lord, you could survey and analyze our prayer life, Father God, and that you could correct us by your word and by your spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would draw every soul to you, Lord God, in faith, that we would be compelled to seek your face in this hour, that we might live. Amen and amen. Let everyone say it. Hallelujah. Now, we know from our text that these men, though they were given much instruction on prayer, they were afforded a practical example how to pray in regards to the Lord Jesus Christ. No better example that a man could have than to, you know, physically be able to observe Jesus and his prayer life. Amen. So they had good instruction on prayer. They were around a praying man. Amen. They were given examples. And they attended prayer meetings. But nevertheless, they were prayerless. Somebody say amen. Do you hear? Amen. They were instructed on prayer. They were given examples of prayer. They were opportunities to pray. And yet they were prayerless. Hence their experience is a model that we can learn from. Our story provides a stern warning for all those who would be so proud and so careless to pursue a praying Christ with a prayerless life. Amen. So what can we glean here from this story? Well, it's obvious here that a prayerless life will suffer the following spiritual consequences. First of all, we see in our story the prayerless will be dis proportionately dependent upon the spirituality of others. In other words, they'll be dependent upon men. Mark 14 and 27, Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And that word offended means to stumble or to entice Amen. Or, or seduced to sin to go apostate. Amen. And so the first thing, and we've, we've talked about this, uh, time and again, and in probably every message about prayer, it's going to be said that prayerlessness breeds an unfamiliarity with the keeping power of God. It's God that keeps us, but He keeps us through His power. Amen. It's God that keeps you, and it's God that keeps me. Amen. But He keeps us through His power. And we can't really realize that on a consistent basis if we're not by faith depending upon Him and communicating with Him. Psalms 37 and 39 says, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. He's my strength and he's your strength in that time of testing and temptation. 
But for a moment here tonight, just consider the spiritual advantages available to the disciples. They had physically walked with the Lord Jesus Christ himself for over three years. They enjoyed the best spiritual instruction, both in precept and example. Never been a better local church than Pastor Jesus and those twelve. In their master, they had been exposed to an absolutely pure and spotless model. Amen. You think about it. Their pastor had never sinned one time, never even made a mistake, never misspoke. Amen. Everything that he said was the word of the Lord. Everything he was was the word of the Lord. All his behavior, his spirit, everything that he did was in total and complete conformity to the holiness of God. Every time they assembled together, even the tangible presence of the Lord was there because Jesus was there with them. Amen. They had regularly seen and experienced the supernatural. The lame had walked. Amen. The blind saw. Lepers were cleansed. The dead raised. You know, that's what people think. Well, if we had more excitement, if somebody was healed, if there was the supernatural. Amen. All these things are good. And listen to me, they're scriptural. And we need to expect those things. And we need to be reproved when they're not in our midst. Somebody say amen. But that's not what's going to keep you in the hour of temptation. They had all of that. They had that like no other individuals have ever had it. Amen. Furthermore, they were diligently taught the difference between the holy and the profane. And so you would, you would assume there was a high level of discernment among them. Certainly they intellectually understood the spiritual dangers of prayerlessness as Jesus had admonished them many times with warnings like this recorded in Mark 14 and 38. Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. That wasn't the only time Jesus exhorted them to prayer. He exhorted them to prayer at all times. And yet their failure to pray is clearly linked to their demise under temptation. In other words, their circumstances radically changed in a moment. And then suddenly their leadership, their oversight, their accountability was taken from them. And again, I believe spiritual oversight is of the scriptures. I believe that it's commanded. I believe the local church provides that. I think these are all things that are very good, very necessary. Listen to me, though. That alone is not going to keep you. It didn't keep them. But when that, when their circumstances changed, Amen. Their dependency. Amen. Their, their uh, leaning upon the spirituality, the courage, the conviction. Amen. The, the wisdom, the direction. And of course, listen to me. I know that Jesus, because we must be uh, uh, dependent upon him. But I'm speaking merely as basically a type of a pastor or a type of spiritual leadership or mentors, etc. and so forth. I'm speaking of Jesus as the man. Jesus as God, of course. We must be utterly dependent upon him. Everybody understand what I'm talking about here? Amen. But when when, when uh, circumstances change and when others fall or the church takes a, 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 a wrong direction, amen, can you stand? If every person you know that claims to be a Christian, can you stand if they all backslide? And even, listen to me, forsake you or betray you. All the external influences of even true and pure Christianity can never consistently keep a prayerless man in the hour of temptation. All of the church going, and we should be in church. And I tell you, you take a, a person who's faithful. I can tell you where faithfulness begins. Faithfulness begins with the conviction of being faithful to Jesus. And when you're faithful to the person of Jesus, then you're going to be, you wouldn't even question whether you're going to be faithful to his body. Amen. That all, that's all can be true. You, you show me a man who's, uh, you know, seeking God, who begins to question whether I ought to show up for try. He can tell me praise all day. He is a liar. A liar. He's self-deceived. Amen. All the church going, spiritual activity, etc. and so forth. 
homeschooling, modest, whatever it is. All those right convictions. Amen. And listen to me. If we're not seeking God, if we're not faithful, amen, to maintain a loving relationship where Jesus takes the preeminence. If Jesus can't get you out of bed in the morning and in his presence, he is not your Lord. Amen. If Jesus can't get you to fellowship with him, he is not your Lord. Amen. If you can't willfully, amen, with a, with a heart that is humbled, worship the Lord Jesus Christ then you are not submitted to Jesus Christ as Lord and it's going to be manifested in other areas of your life sooner or later you might be able to hold up for a while for a long time even but sooner or later it's going to manifest all those external influences though they be good and though they be right, can never consistently keep a prayerless man. See, they, they had all that. But it didn't keep them, did it? And what did Jesus? I'm preaching to you what Jesus said. Amen. You better pray. Amen. You better pray. Because if you don't pray, there's going to be trouble. Amen. He is associating it with prayer. So if you think, I don't have to pray, and I'm going to get away with it, then you defy God Almighty and His Word. See, that's something we have to have be settled. It don't matter who you are. I don't care if it's the Apostle Paul, if it's Clendenin, Amen. Leonard Ravenhill, Ian Pounds, me, anybody. And I need to believe that about me. If I don't seek God, I am going to be overcome. I am going to be duped. The devil's going to take me around the block. He's going to make me a, a fool out of me. And I'm going to fall into sin and lose my Christian testimony. Yes, sir. You need to believe that. You need to be convinced of that. And we wonder, and when we, if you really understand the importance of that relation, and prayer is essential to that relation, then while you, know, the enemy, of course, he's going to fight us in the call to prayer. He knows that the power of prayer. He knows it more keenly, obviously, amen, or apparently. Than most church folk and most people that claim to be Christians. I, I can remember at uh, Redeeming Word of Life when I was there. That was uh, the church that I basically grew up in in the spirit. And I remember, uh, you know, I was uh, in the leadership and they had a leadership meeting. And the pastor said, "We're gonna we're gonna cancel the prayer meeting." I thought, "Oh, that sounds oh, what's that?" I thought that's that's well. How can we do that? I remember telling telling him. I said, if I, uh, yeah. At the same time, there were some folks like Charlie that I had met on campus. Some younger men that went to Christian Life, and uh, of course, we consider that to be you know like almost like healing place at the time. And there were a lot of young men uh, that that were there. That I mean, they were on fire. They were preaching out, and they were they were being attacked somewhat from. Uh, inside there, they wanted me to, you know, proselyte those young men. And then these young men are reading, you know, Leonard Ravenhill and Ian Pounds and, uh, and they're, and they're really on fire for God, really pressing in. And, and I remember telling them, I said, I, I'm ashamed. I wouldn't, I would, if I, uh, you know, looked in the phone book and chose to visit a church, amen, and, and, and I called them up and asked them when was service, amen, and they said, well, we have service on this time and this time. And I said, when's your prayer meeting? We don't have a prayer meeting. I don't care what their preaching sounded like. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they say. I'm not going there! Because I know there's bad trouble. Why would I want to proselyte somebody into a church that cancels a prayer meeting? But they didn't listen to me. I didn't lose the victory as bad as Brother Bob did. Amen. <laughs> but that was the end of that church. From that point on, the thing degenerated. I've seen this time and time again. Amen. If you live for Jesus any length of time, people backslide. Just what Brother Clinton said. 
what takes you out of this altar, it's going to take you ultimately out of the kingdom. That's right. Oh, no, never truer words spoken than that. It's that important. Amen. But, you know, he knows the power. Of prayer. And he knows when people are spiritually dependent. I can remember when Jimmy Swaggart fell. And, I mean, you know, uh, to talk about Jimmy Swaggart now, I mean, he he's almost, uh, you know, a, a joke. It's uh, to, to hear him speak. But there was a time when he, he had great respect throughout the body of Christ, uh, particularly, you know, among conservative groups. He was... Uh, hated and despised by uh, liberals and, and uh, the apostates. And uh, he was highly regarded. And when he fell, the multitudes and multitudes that stumbled, they didn't just they just went out in the world, just hundreds and thousands of people just lost it because he backslid. And then, you know what? Prayerless, prayerless, that's what that is. They've been depending upon man. They've been looking solely to man and not even knowing it. The devil knows that to overcome a praying church, he not only must smite the shepherd, but he's got to smite every saint of God. If he's to infiltrate a godly home to steal the souls of the children, he must not only face a praying father, but a praying mother as well. And I, listen to me. If you're prayerless, you better hope I'm praying. If you're prayerless, you better hope your husband's praying. If you're prayerless, you better hope your parents are praying. Because if you're dependent, and listen to me, you can think, I don't, but I see just as good as you do. You do not see if you're prayerless. You don't see. You might be able to retain. And we've all experienced that. I know in my own Christian walk, amen, the more pressed in I am, the better I see. Amen. And it doesn't matter how much experience I have. doesn't matter how much knowledge I have. All of that, listen to me, you cannot retain spiritual vitality, amen, in your memory. It is a spiritual thing. That manner you try to make it stretch, and it's going to breed worms every single time. No one escapes. That absolute. Prayerless children are utterly dependent upon their parents. It's a good thing for parents, uh, children. They were being raised godly, having godly parents to look to that authority. Do you understand? I'm not undermining that. That's an important thing. But you see, listen to me. There was this church, amen, with all these children that just, it seems like yesterday, amen, they were all this big. Amen, but now they're growing up. They're marrying. Amen. They're having children. And listen to me. All that oversight, all that protection, everything that's been afforded to you young people in an, in an environment like this, yes, it has been God. But listen to me. There has to come a time where you seek God for yourself. There has to come a time that you seek God for yourself. There has to come a time that you pray through to the reality that you see why there's going to be a, a Oh, yes moment where you pray you say now I know why my parents did what they did it's good when you can't see that view to say I'm just going to submit and obey the Bible but there's going to come a time you're going to have to see it for yourself I didn't do any of this because somebody else did it I did it because God told me personally to do it amen I'm on a commission from God. I walk with God. Amen. This isn't because a brother did it. Amen. Though I saw a lot of brethren who did do it. And God maybe even awakened me to reveal a certain truth through a brother who did it, their testimony. But ultimately, it is my personal commission from Jesus Christ himself. I know him and I walk with him. And anybody who's going to live this life in victory, you must know. For yourself. Secondhand revelation is not going to cut it. No, no. It's not gonna, it's not going to give you the inspiration that you need to overcome. Prayerless wives, utterly dependent upon their husbands. Prayerless people, utterly dependent upon their leaders. 
If we're prayerless, then at best we have the mercy of the spirituality of another. And we know that there's no spiritual uh, 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 piggybackers in heaven. Amen. You're not going to go on mommy's and daddy's coattails. You're not going to go on the coattails of another. Our spiritual state, regardless of what we may want to believe, is solely our own responsibility. Now, we have a responsibility one to another to varying degrees, right? We all have testimonies. Amen. We're, as parents, we have responsibilities as husbands. We have responsibilities as a pastor. We have responsibilities as preachers. Amen. As street preacher, whatever it may be, right? We all have a responsibility one to another. But ultimately, every one of us has to answer for himself. And there's no excuse for any man. Not to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if everyone else rejects the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if every other professing Christian, amen, is a hypocrite, amen, I have no excuse to reject Jesus because Jesus is true. And Jesus gave himself for me. The gospel is not changed, amen, by the unfaithfulness of any or all men. The gospel is true. The gospel is pure. God is holy and Jesus has been faithful to every one of us. Amen. So our spiritual, you're just as close to Jesus as you want to be. No more and no less. And that's the absolute truth. As we've often said, we'll not become spiritual by accident or simply by default. And listen to me, I believe this is something. I believe there's people under the sound of my voice. You stagnated in the spirit for years. You've been here year after year. And when the word of God has been spoken to you over and over again, you go around the same mountain and God told you, this is the way to avoid that. But you don't listen. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. And I think part of the problem is, well, I'm here. Kind of like what Kobe would say. Just waiting for God to break in. God is breaking in, mister, right now. That's what God's doing. He's talking to you. Yeah, he's breaking in. He's intervening. That's how he intervenes. By telling you what to do and what not to do. Do it this way. Well, I've been doing it this way. That's not right. This is why it's not right. This is why you have to do it this way. This is an example how others do it. You know what that is? Unbelief. And you do it enough, it's rebellion. You know, this is the thing. I sit down with people all the time and talk to them. I probably got you and this person is about it's okay, but we've preached on on this dozens of times. Have you have you considered what was preached? Like what? Go through it with them. So not paying attention. Dollar hearing. I believe that happened. I believe people not maybe I'm, if, if you know that the Holy Ghost said yay, and you said, I don't care, I ain't doing it, you're a rebel. Amen. You're a rebel. Amen. But if you sit here and you're just so carnal, and if the Word of God just flies by you, and you're not really picking it up because you're not spiritually sensitive, amen, that's un- it's your responsibility to press in. Listen to me. Everything you face, the Word of God has a trust. And many times... As, as a, as an overseer who, uh, you know, tracks people's lives, amen, and sees what type of things they fall in and out of, amen, and, and, and areas where, you know, they're overcome and the devil deceives them and etc. And I sometimes marvel, amen, this individual, this brother, this sister, this family, this marriage, etc. they face this, amen, in March, and I look back and think, just in February, I preached a series, amen, that you would obey it, it would have set you free. That's what prayerlessness does. As we're going to see, the prayerless, without exception, 
or proud. Peter said, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. But he spake the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. See, the prayerless all had the same spirit. The prayerless were all under the same delusion. And it prayerless this as we've discussed over there, epitomizes pride. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. A prayerless man is proud by virtue of his daily habit of neglecting God. Unfortunately, it usually takes a fall to cause a proud man to cry out to God in prayer. Mr. Bringle, Samuel Logan Brother, he said backsliding usually begins to neglected or hurried secret prayer. Listen to me, my experience as a Christian, every man that I've known who was a strong praying man, you say, how do you know? You don't have to guess that. Hey, man, you know, you understand? I, I guarantee you, the, the, most of these children right here, I can line up every person in this church and have a walk down the aisle and say, do you think this individual is a praying individual or not? I believe everyone knows. Exactly. You understand? Because it's something that can be seen and recognized. But every man that I knew that was strong and consistent, consistently strong in prayer was also even spiritually strong. And faithful and demonstrated a longevity in the spirit. As long as they prayed, amen, they were kept. As long as they prayed, they were kept. If they prayed, you could listen to their tape, amen, from 1990 and then put another tape in from 2017. They preach in the same thing. Amen. They may have grown. They may have learned some things. Amen. But they're not being moved by the culture or by the spirit of the age. Amen. Peter, we look here. He is defying. Amen. What Jesus, the word of God, is telling him. Amen. He's unwise to assume that he's going to stand in the face of danger when he refused to kneel in the hour of prayer. Amen. Now Jesus, amen, told them they weren't praying. I don't know if they believed him or not. But they sure didn't act alarm. Such pride manifests itself in self-sufficiency and an inflated self-image. And it always precedes spiritual ruin. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Amen. We deceive ourselves if we assume we can produce Christian lives and Christian victories apart from Jesus Christ. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Amen. Now, Jesus was giving Peter the word of the Lord. Amen. Pastor Jesus was preaching to the flock. Amen. And he told them, basically, you're going to have trouble. If you don't pray. No, we won't. We're going to be fine. That's what they said. Bad response. See, the prayerless are also generally unteachable. Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. I mean, you see, prayerlessness it fosters self-deception in everybody, even you. In everybody, even you. And Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you that he may shift you as wheat. You see, these are direct warnings from the mouth of Jesus Christ. Yet Peter wouldn't hear, amen, what Jesus said. He's utterly convinced that he's willing to die for Jesus. In fact, all the disciples were totally convinced, amen, just like I would assume each and every one of us here 
today that we're ready to face the most intense testing for the master. Well, I can tell you this. We do need to be convinced. To be convinced is good, but you better also be prepared. Amen. It's not enough just to be convinced because your listen to me, your conviction is going to be tested. And you better be prepared. Not surprisingly, Jesus expressed concern about their spirituality. He calls a prayer meeting. You see him sleeping. And you know what he thinks? I got trouble here. I got trouble in this little flock. Because they can't even concentrate on Jesus for one hour. They can't even pray for one hour. And if they can't pray for one hour, then we've got great spiritual trouble. You see, Pastor Britt isn't really that far off. Amen. You see, when I don't see people really praying, and you see people wrestling with staying awake, you see people, amen, that can't concentrate. Amen. Listen to me. I don't want to have to, uh, you know, below, or just rake you over the coals, but this is the thing. You need to recognize, I'm in trouble! I've got to stir myself. In other words, respond. In other words, yes, that's true. Pray, and no praying man is going to get offended or angry with what I'm preaching here. No, sir. In essence, they refuse to heed the word of God as a sole standard for testing their spiritual strength. But just like them, The scriptures reveal to you and to me our future if we're listening. Amen. The Bible tells us all the same things that Jesus told them. Amen. It is applicable to us. And not only that, there are dozens and dozens of verses that communicate the very same thought. So the word of God lifts up its eternal voice and alerts us to the dangers of a prayerless life. Will we remain unmoved? Are we self-confident in the face of basically Jesus speaking to us? Amen. The word of God is warning us. The word of God is telling us. Amen. And I re- I do see people responding. Amen. This is not everyone. Do you understand? But everyone has to get on board if we're going to see revival. If everyone, under the sound of my voice, in their heart, fully embraced without any problem, what has been preached here in the last several weeks, we wouldn't be having this message you understand that? That's the dynamics of what happens all the time. That's why I'm talking about it. Because that's what's happening. People dig in. And the devil finds some foolish carnal that's alive to the foolishness, the lies of the devil. And they take hold of it. And there's just a pocket of resistance here. And a pocket of resistance there. And a dull of hearing over here. Amen. And the Holy Ghost, listen to me, he's, he is merciful. So he keeps trying to deal with people. Wake up. It's the truth. Obey. Listen here. Of course, it's not everybody. Amen. But there is some that refuse to hear, that don't like it, that don't want to be told, that refuse to be crossed, that want to redefine. Amen. Whatever it may be, it's just obstinance. And unbelief. Amen. And until we all take in unison a step forward, amen, then we can play the church game like everybody. We we scheduled revival in July and people ran and 50 people got the Holy. We had revival. You want to play that game? For I can tell you, we're all one accord. Or you ain't having no revival. Does that mean, brother, brother, you know, Bob doesn't like mayonnaise. God help his soul. And I do. That ain't, that ain't division. You know, you understand? I like Labrador Retrievers. Somebody else might like German Shepherds. 
I use Mobile One, Amazon. Somebody else uses shell oil. That, that ain't that ain't breaking. Hey, there are other things in the scriptures. Hey, man, you don't want to eat meat? Go right ahead. Just don't put that on me. Hey, Amen. But for you to reject the vision. And I can tell you, God, see the thing about it is you don't have to even agree with a lot of things. You just have to have the right spirit. I told you, if I went to Brother Victor, he wears long sleeves. Because he believes it's, you know, in my, or he wants to, uh, a pure testimony. He doesn't believe it's a salvation issue, but guess what I would do? Wear long sleeves. Wouldn't even bother me. Is that, a, is that, I'm like, I'm not gonna say, oh, I've got long sleeves on, I'm losing my salvation. It's not that big an issue to me. Amen. I want to please, I want, I have a heart to, if this is where God put me, then I'm looking at the, the authority structure as hearing from God. If you don't, if you don't have that idea, amen, that God, you know, can speak through authority, then, you know, and give direction, amen, and, and again, if it's not asking you to sin, I keep qualifying that, because I'm not telling you to swallow something stupid. Just cry out to God. Just press in. Just obey. Amen. That's, that's what you want to see people who give themselves fully. Amen. Now, listen to me. I, I don't know everything. I, I don't have all the facts and I, I don't expect to, but I'm not God, but God does. And if you have people just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. God hears it. Amen. And he ain't pleased with it. Amazingly, prayerlessness bewitches men into believing they are spiritual, even prayerful, when in fact they're carnal. The devil can convince you you're strong when you're actually weak. Secure when you're in the gravest danger. A prayerless man is unlikely to hear the warnings of Scripture. He unconsciously yet smugly assumes he is the exception. Unfortunately, unfortunately, and this has been my experience, amen, more than likely, it's usually going to be people who pray who hear a message like this, amen, but people who don't pray, amen, can walk out of here to, and even say amen and do nothing. Never change. It's nearly impossible to awaken the prayerless to their danger. You know, think Jesus couldn't awake, awaken his disciples. They, they didn't hear him. Pastor Jesus preached. Could he preach anything less than a perfect message? Could he, could he say anything that wasn't perfectly the word of the Lord? He gave them the word of the Lord. It was perfectly appropriate. God's presence was there. In a strong way, because he was there. And he spoke to them the word of the Lord in due season. And they didn't listen to him. They didn't wake up. See, that, that, that prayerless man, that carnal man, he'll say amen, but he'll either never intend on doing what you say, he'll fail to really see that he has a need, or he'll look you dead in the face. Smile and flatly refuse your counsel. As the Bible says, a fool is right in his own eyes. Amen. You know, that's one of the hardest things to watch people just absolutely reject the truth and just see the repercussions, the ramifications. And you know, as a pastor, I don't like to be the kind of, you know, most of you who've met with me, uh, when you're in, even falling into the worst of trouble, you usually don't hear me say, well, I told you so. Amen. But that usually crosses my mind because usually Listen to me. The word of the Lord has come to you far before you ever waded out into that situation. But you wouldn't hear. You wouldn't listen. You see, there's only one merciful remedy usually for the prayerless. They must be allowed to fall. And perhaps in that fall, they could be humbled. Amen. To be awakened. So they can realize, maybe I'm not all that I think that I really am. The prayerless tend to be drunk with slumber. It says, and Jesus cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. 
neither will say what to answer him. When prayerless men and women should be praying, they would rather sleep as a contention over rest and sleep. Proverbs 6, 10 through 11 says a, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth in thy want as an armed man. Amen. Even Jesus is not going to make you pray. No, no, he's not going to make you do it. If you intend on just sit in your heart, I'm going to sleep in, sleep through. Not going to rise up. Not going to resist the devil. I'm going to be passive. I'm going to let, amen, this spirit of slumber take me over. I'm not going to concentrate. I'll be here. I'll sit down. Amen. I'll come to the prayer meeting. Amen. But I'm not really going to enter in. Amen. He's not going to make you pray. He's going to warn you. He'll admonish you. He'll exhort you. He'll call you to prayer. He's going to refuse, or uh, uh, rather, he's going to uh, cry aloud, amen, if you refuse to answer and warn you. But he's not going to make you pray. In the garden, if the disciples would have confessed their weaknesses, then certainly Jesus would have given them grace to pray. So you have difficulty concentrating. You have difficulty conversing. With God. Amen. Just admit it. That's all. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to look, you know, let me, let me just, don't be worried about what, you know, other people say. Amen. What, what you, you know, the Bible says, listen to me. I realize we're, we're trying to encourage you to be uh, more vocal. Really not be passive. Not just sit with it and allow the flow, amen, of the flesh, the, the flow under the spirit to take you whithersoever it wants to take you, but to offer some violence. I believe if you do that, it's going to be, amen, there's going to be some volume. Amen. There's going to be some resolve. You're going to be cognizant, amen, that you're taking inventory of self and you're taking self to task and you're with your will rising up, amen, to fellowship with God. Amen. But we're not talking just about volume, of course. But I believe, amen, if you are pressing in, amen, there's going to be, it's going to be evident, amen, in your body language and in your demeanor. And especially if you're a talkative, outgoing person who others would say could get loud, amen, then it's inconsistent for you to now wax religious and say, well, I'm going to be very, uh, you know, subdued and respectful. Amen. No, no, that's a wrong spirit. I believe you can you can pray silently. I believe you can pray inwardly, and I believe that you can hear and listen from God. But I tell you, listen to me. There's going to be some violence in your prayer life if you're really seeking God. And if you don't believe that, then I just know you've never really prayed through. You don't know what prayer is, and I'm saying that to you. Yes, sir. Amen. If you believe, you don't know what prayer really is, and you need to humble yourself. But Jesus is not going to make you pray. Amen. He called them to prayer. He can commanded them to pray, amen, but he never made them pray. Someone may say, well, I, I need 10 hours of sleep every night to function. Now, 15 years ago, I was really, really hard on that. <laughs> but I'm gaining a little mercy because just four or five hours gets pretty rough the older you get. But it ain't going to keep me from praying. Amen. That whole thought, I got, I'm not like you. Oh, listen to me. We're all alike. We need Jesus. And that whole night sleep is going to have to, you're going to have to choose to sacrifice sleep. That's not in there by accident, friend. Amen. That's going to be a warfare for you. And if you keep thinking, I, you know, Jesus understands, and I can tell you this, men, because I've seen this over and over. Uh, you know, men that told their wives, well, honey, you need your beauty rest, so I don't expect you to attend the prayer meeting, or you don't need to pray. And then them look at, at someone when they question that, and that's mercy. That's not mercy! It ain't love, and it isn't compassion, neither. That is despicable. My wife better pray. Amen. Tell her to sleep in. What a terrible thing to do. 
Amen. Listen to me. Every one of us need to pray. Amen. And we need that prayer life, and it's going to interrupt our sleep patterns. Amen. Men that love to sleep always hate to pray. Sleepy heads usually have empty hearts. Amen. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Amen. Prayer is always going to cost you sleep. Amen. People say, I can't afford to lose any more sleep. No, you can't afford not to pray. If you're going to let that sleep rival your prayer life, then listen to me. You better put that on the cross, and you better crucify it. I found there's a greater tragedy than losing sleep. It's losing God. Ephesians 5 and 14, wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Well, that doesn't mean natural sleep. It still uses it for an analogy. It's not considered a good thing there. Amen. You're going to have to be awake to pray. And anybody, in fact, if, if someone would, could it's not thou watch one hour? Jesus' rebuke of an hour minimum prayer suggests that we have trouble praying for one hour. We're in grave spiritual danger. Amen. That's where you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Amen. You know, to, to, to think, you know, well, I, I know exactly, you know, Brian Hammer's prayer life, his exact, you know, can he pray for three, you know, and, and, you know, time limit. We're not really, but Jesus came up with this time. And what does it teach us? If you can't concentrate and keep your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ worshiping, Praying, amen, drawing nigh to him for one hour. You've got trouble. Amen. You don't need to think you're spiritual at all. Because what happened to those people that couldn't do that? Amen, they fell. And that's what's going to happen to you. That's the lesson here. That's what we're teaching, amen. This is for your instruction. The prayerless always fall into temptation. Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. See, good intentions mean nothing in the hour of testing. Jesus is basically saying, though you have sincerely resolved never to fail me again. Amen. I don't believe there's people who are necessarily planning, amen, on backsliding, going apostate, compromising. I don't believe that. I believe just like these disciples, amen, I'm going to do right. I'm going to resolve. I'm not going to fail the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But Jesus says something further. You need to be resolved. Amen. But you need to cast yourself upon me for spiritual stamina and strength. For without me, remember, we can do what? That's what that means. Nothing. Nothing. The prayerless is spiritually frail. The prayerless are spiritually weak. There's never been a prayerless man that's spiritually strong. Amen. There's never been a prayerless man that spiritually, amen, really has much to give. There have been prayerless people by the mercy of God who have survived another day. Amen. Who God's brought through an attack. In fact, I would think every one of us have been in that situation before by the mercy of God. We woke up another day to fight a battle, but there's no man that's truly had that spiritual strength to give and to consistently stand apart from seeking God. Because God is not going to force himself on anyone. See, if I'm not praying, I'm not asking. You have not. <laughs> but it just seems like I don't have grace. I don't have desire. I don't have, you have not. What is it you don't have? Think about it. You have not. Why? Because you asked. Not. Or you ask amiss. It's linked to what? Believing, believing the Bible, taking the promises of God, praying those things, asking God, help me, give me strength, fill me with the Holy Ghost, help me do it. I, I'm a preacher. I preached last week on the street. I preached last week at, in the in the house of God. I preached at the prison, and I, I felt such an inadequacy. Oh God, fill me with Your Spirit. Give me the Word of the Lord. But see, the, the problem is people do that, and they just say, yeah, I have not, brother, I have not. I need the Spirit of God to move. It ain't going to happen unless you pray. It's not going to happen. 
That's what those failures, those moments where the Holy Ghost lovingly and mercifully unveils your own frailty to you. So that you would seek Him because He wants to give you. He wants to equip you. He wants to feel, fill you. He wants to heal you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to move in our midst. Amen. But we've got to ask Him in faith and humility. Prayer doesn't guarantee that we'll avoid temptation. But if we walk closely with Jesus, he will give us grace in the midst of the test. And we'll learn to abide in him. We'll learn to think rightly about who we are in light of who he is. The prayerless, amen, will be fearful and overwhelmed. And they all forsook him and fled. You see, fear is the opposite of faith. And the fearful are ultimately unfaithful. When men refuse to kneel in prayer, they're destined to run from danger. They're going to crumble under the pressure. Amen. They fled because they were overcome with fear. Peter, underestimating his own weakness, he denies any relationship with Jesus at the end of the chapter. He began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. He distanced himself, amen, from Jesus because of his own selfishness, amen, self-preservation. If armed guards stormed this assembly with shotguns in hand, we would instantly find out who really loves Jesus at this moment. But what we would see, the same excuses, if we could hear the inner thoughts of individuals who would compromise and deny Jesus, we would hear the same excuses that they would use each day to ease their conscience as they deny Jesus in prayer. It would be the same exact things. If we remain prayerless, the day will come when the devil will walk up, slap us in the face, laugh at at us while we're gripped with fear, and we'll be able to do nothing about it. Boldness is birthed out of personal and intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's not just that you're bold on the campus. Amen. It's not just you're bold when a sinner, amen, when a sinner curses or what have you. But are you bold in the face of incredible temptation and pressure to deny the Lord Jesus Christ? Whether that be on the level of intimate prayer and fellowship or whether it be on the level of martyrdom. Acts 4 and 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. If you want to really be bold, true boldness is going to be birthed out of that intimacy. Remember, two different types of individuals are developed in Gethsemane, the martyr and the traitor. Those two individuals right there, they're made at the altar. And you know the altar, I don't mean just this place. The place of prayer, the place of intimacy, the place of seeking God. Amen. As we hear the Holy Ghost, call us under prayer. It means that we need to be willing to be reformed in our prayer life. Amen. We need to be, we need to be able to say with our heart, God, I hear you. I'm going to begin to seek him like I've never sought him before. If we'll do that, and if we'll be open to hear what God says, amen, as we seek him, then he can have his way with us corporately. And that's the aim. Won't you stand here tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to just lift your hands. I want you to pray that this where this seed would fall on good ground. I'm just going to ask that you meditate on what the Holy Ghost has said tonight and what he's been saying. You pray, God, I want to hear what you're saying to me. I want to be willing to be challenged and corrected. Lord, all I know is I need to seek you. I can tell you, saints, that's all I do know right now. 
As a Christian, as a pastor, all I do know is we need to seek God with all of our heart. Father, we do love you, Lord. I pray you would watch over this word, Lord. Oh, God, that there would be victory, conviction, that this word would speak to us. Everything that you've been saying to us, Lord God, give us ears to hear. That we might be submissive, that we might eat what's set before us. And Lord, that your spirit could move amongst us, remove every hindrance, anything and everything that doth grieve your spirit amongst us, expose, confront. Oh, Father, we want to pray, Lord God. We want to seek your face, and we do confess that. Give us, Lord, a revival of prayer. Pour out your spirit of supplication and grace upon us, Father. We do need you. We need your spirit to help us. And we ask you the name of Jesus. Everyone say amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. God bless you. May we hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to us in this hour. Friday night, amen, we're going to Brookhaven. We will see you there, Lord willing. Brother Bob, could you dismiss us with prayer? Amen. God bless you. Hug someone as you go. We will see you this weekend, Lord willing.